The show is brought to you by Practical Herbalist Press, herbal books for today's practical herbalist. Find their books on Amazon.com today. Welcome to Real Herbalism Radio's Herb Lab. Today we rehash show 50, a re-airing of show 8, Dude It's Legal, a podcast on cannabis. We will discuss tax revenues, energy use, addiction and abuse, the culture, medicinal uses, plus other topics. In Herbal 101, we'll discuss some of the medicinal benefits of cannabis. Now here are your hosts, Candace Hunter and Sue Sierra Lupe. I'm Candace Hunter. And I'm Sue Sierra Lupe. And, and welcome to Real Herbalism Radio. Dude, it's still legal. It's still legal, and so it's even more very, legal. It's so very, very legal. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's chewable legal. It's very chewable legal. In fact, you know, I've, I've been... I We had this expectation, I think, as a state, that it was going to radically change life. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I'm not sure that it really has. Some I mean, things definitely have changed. Yeah. The smell. The walk yes. through the neighborhood mm-hmm. in the evening, especially, yes. is definitely can, different than it once was. You can definitely smell it more than, yeah. than you could yeah. before. In the in the fall, walking through this last fall, yeah. my neighborhood, there was this just the part of this neighborhood where I put my my scarf over my face and mm-hmm. or something because it was horrible. Right, extremely unpleasant. Even early summer, even this time of year, you can smell it being smoked over right. oh, a yes, lot, that's right. a lot more mm-hmm. fences and that sort of thing. Yeah, I ran into a friend who I haven't seen for a year and a half. She used to have a little garden and bag. She was growing tomatoes and various other things and fighting with the chickens and the dogs. And mm-hmm. Now she's turned the whole thing over to cannabis. Yeah. Her family's quite happy. The dogs leave it alone. The chickens couldn't care less. Mm-hmm. Apparently cannabis has been a really positive addition to her garden. Oh, okay. Nice. <laughs> yeah. so, Very cool. So she's all happy, but... Well, I'm sure for them, it saved them, their family, quite a bit of money. They were um, regular, avid, avid users. Yes, mm. yes. They were definitely quite recreational in their approach. Yeah, I, I know a person that used it medicinally, and he was going through quite a bit of it. He had some eye impairment and, and some chronic pain issues, and, and he's elderly. So the amount that they ended up saving per month was, and they're on a fixed income. Right. right. Was, it, it really was, it, that was it for them. It made their life marketably better. However, <laughs> there are certain times you just don't go to their house. Right. <laughs> because they're bringing it inside. If right. you have yeah. that outside, they're going to get broken into. And, yeah. and you know, a couple yeah. elderly people. Yeah, and you get down to the last week or two before you're going to pick, and that's when it really starts to get pretty smelly, and right. you can't you can't do any of the deodorizing strategies people use. Yeah, there's a bunch point. of filters that a lot of people use, and there, I know I know a lot of people that are really careful about that because once it gets to a certain odor, then you know the, the truth of the matter is is people are now advertising this is the house to go for break in, right. So people have right. to be but more I wonder, careful. I mean, like in our neighborhood, the people that do most of the break-ins are the tweakers, and they couldn't care less about marijuana because it doesn't have a lot of actual street worth. They would rather steal your CDs and your computer equipment because they can resell it. That's true, but it's not <laughs> it's not tweakers that are breaking yeah. in to get this. It's like yeah. they're bra- people are breaking in, and then they're doing Taking their own resells. And yeah, <laughs> right, because it, it's not an easy plant to grow. No, it's not. No. You know, it, it absolutely it, is It does not. take a lot of work, and so if I can just steal it, then I don't have to try to plant it. 
One of the nice things about the legalization is that you can report a theft now. Yes. Whereas before, like I know a young man who his family grew medical, or not medical, it was back in the day, it was like in the 70s and 80s, and they grew marijuana down in California, and they had huge acreage of it, and it was just pot they were growing, and he came home, and, you know, it's like a pool of blood coming out from under the door, and that belonged to his father. Oh, my God. Gee, Sue. I'm sorry. It was horrible. <laughs> we went from See? break-ins to murder. Yeah. No, because of, well, because I mean, of the... People have murdered, definitely. Yeah. yeah. But it's I doubt not... that people are getting murdered today in Oregon over legal pot. I'm, I'm doubtful. I Actually, mean, unfortunately, people are. They are, and it was in the news last month, and it was for a large operation. So things are changing. Things are definitely changing. I don't. I don't know and haven't noticed anybody getting murdered so how over four our- plants. Right. But like back then, for this kid, the the yeah. terrible worst case scenario. You know, when the cops came in because it was a murder, and they had to report it. Any theft that they experienced, they couldn't report because right. it was illegal. And this one, they had to report it, and that broke up the family because they not only had a murder, but there was a reason for it, and it was an illegal reason. So that was it. Yeah. It was it was a nightmare. So that is not that's not out there anymore. Right. You know, right. now you can have a big legal grow and the family would be still be able to stay together. Right. Well sure, but I have to say in our hour and a half discussion prior to the show, yeah. That was never we never even talked about that. Yeah. Never, I mean, how did that even evolve into Not this to discussion? mention the many searches that I did yeah. about pot legalities, arrests regarding it, nothing. Turned up nothing about right. murder. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That, in well, this, in 2016. what are you looking for? I mean, Google's got a lot of information. Well, That's another thing. Is now well, there's they, a lot more information about stuff. Yeah, you have to very, have a very specific search in order to find things. Whereas before, even last year, we would put things up and you'd get like the Leafly.com or a couple of websites. There were very few resources, very few scholarly articles, very few you know news items that you could trust. And now it's it's legal, so all that information is is more abundant, and many times, not all the time, but many times, more accurate. Yeah, it's legal here. I mean, a majority of the United States still, it still is isn't. not legal, or, yeah. and those that do have legal usually only have medical. Yeah. There aren't very many recreational states. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Although yeah. Oregon is opening things up. I mean, at this point, I imagine in part because of Oregon's changes in their laws and the changes of other states that are coming up, you know, being voted on over this next year. Mm-hmm. We're seeing things like the DEA is is entertaining taking it off the Schedule 1 and putting right. it onto something less, something that would allow them to do more research. Mm-hmm. Which would yeah. be nice to see that happen. Right. And the only reason they've got that is because they have more information on <laughs> the a- actual information on what kind of damage it does to yeah. people's brains, what what kind of damage it does to people's lungs and and mm-hmm. damage to if damage at all to a nervous system. So there's right. there's actual stuff behind it. I would imagine that yeah, just like we, we can allow anyone to buy cigarettes as long as they're over a certain age. No, that's <laughs> it's really important to acknowledge that there are things that are not healthy for us, but we still partake in, you yeah. know, 
there's you just can't you can't tell it to kids <laughs> no that is one of the things that's a little scary we just had the law open up or just started to have the first um permits sold so that recreational edibles are being can yes. be sold oh man and at this point we have no real information on it because it's only been you know a matter of a few weeks right so we don't have a lot of data and i mean there's I'm sure there'll be scare stories in the sure. media, which there always are. They always find that one foolish mistake, but mm-hmm. which is why it's I'm news. Not sure. Yeah, but I'm not mm-hmm. sure a year from now what will we be saying or seeing with regard yeah. to edibles. I mean that the the amount that you eat on edibles is so small, and the kids, amount that you're supposed to eat, yeah, yes. and kids are would be even less, and you know that's right. Well, kids aren't supposed to have any be. at all. Uh, the I I know that like five milligrams is the the optimal amount. Was it five or yeah. three? Three, 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 was, three milligrams. Three was five was to. yeah. Five was the maximum. The three want to five start was the with. maximum. Yeah, it's like a piece the size of your pinky nail, right? Pretty and much. Then you wait two hours yeah. before taking another five to and, see. And yeah, as a as yeah, a person that's had that recently, <clears throat> um, yeah, definitely wait. Definitely. I only waited an hour, and I said, hey. This isn't doing anything for me. And then I grabbed another one about the same little tiny little piece. Right. And then 15 minutes later, I was done. I was uh-huh. like literally on the couch and I couldn't move. And my friend's like, you're really stoned. Uh-huh. <laughs> I was like, uh-huh. Yep. And I know how, if you don't know what you're eating, there's a chocolate right there. Let's say, let's say you're a kid. Yeah, if that's somebody the thing irresponsibly that, leaves the it out, they're going to eat the chocolate about. bar. Yeah, and they won't feel anything, even as a kid. Till. Yeah, that's the part that worries me. Some kid decides it'll be a funny prank to steal his daddy's special gummy worms. And, you know, me and the gummy worms, right? Me <laughs> and the gummy worms. <laughs> steals dad's like gummy worms, worms? And, and then, you know, trade him out for his buddy's tuna fish sandwich at lunch just to see what will happen or some other hideous thing like that. You know? Twinkies. Well, That's that, what I worried about next school year. We'll be starting to see that kind of behavior happening because, mm-hmm. you know, over the summer, probably not, but I bet you over by school, we yeah. might see that kind of thing. Yeah. That's worrisome to me. Well, it's, it's still, you know, it's the same thing that we have the issues, same thing with alcohol. It's still the same you know, getting it or, you know, acquiring it in some way from your family member or a drink left on the, mm-hmm. you know, on the table at a party or whatever. It's that similar kind yeah. of thing. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that it's better or worse. I'm just saying that it's the same thing we've been dealing with or having yeah. to deal with. Is yeah. that adults just need to be responsible when there's kids around. It's supposed yeah. to be in a child safe package, but I will <laughs> say, I know, I will say my, my grandmother, when that first came out, yes, I am that old the child safe caps she would always ask us grandkids please open this for me i can't get it she had arthritis yeah I she know, couldn't right? open the child safe caps yeah. we could of course naturally we're part monkey not know, to mention the fact that child anything. safe caps uh, that's only safe from a three-year-old well I mean, in, in, I mean, in, yeah. in the packaging i had i saw from the edibles that wasn't a child safe yeah it, just it was a, just a candy bar it was a it was a, no this was well this was it was called i think it was called glass it hmm. was a herbal candy you know, it was a sugar candy uh-huh. and it was like, you know, shards like that picture. And I think we put a link up to that, but it was little shards and that's, that's kind of what you would. You know, oh, so you're sucking on a. Yeah. You, it's, it's like, like a little piece of hard candy, candy. Oh. and you just suck on it and then it's gone and then it goes in your system. Uh-huh. And this packaging was, I can't remember the name of it, but it's like a Mylar packaging with a seal on it at the top of Ziploc seal. That was mm-hmm. it. 
That's not, not childproof child right. at all. Right. That's not even three-year-old. Proof. No, but they're again, used to opening to get to their their Fruit Loops. Right. You know? So I don't know in the in the in the case of what uh, I had, if that was purchased at a, at a at a medicinal shop locally or if that was somewhere else. Right. You know, I, I don't know how it came to be. I just saw that it was there. You just saw an opportunity and you decided well, no. to take it. Well, my my friends at the time, you know, they said, hey, you want to try this? I'm like, you know, sure. I haven't had a lot of success with this particular drug and mm-hmm. I, I just don't have my dosing right, if you will. And I don't know right. what to do. So, you know, I'm going to try it. And and then, of course, I got impatient after an hour and I was like, well, this is nothing, you know, and then. Of course, it was. It was something. something. And it turned out to be a little too much. So the first time you do it, wait the two hours before you go further. Yes, please do. And everybody's body is different. I mean, I'm a big guy and I thought, well, that was the problem is I'm a really big guy. So, you know, like alcohol, I can probably have more drinks than somebody else because I'm a bigger guy. Mm -hmm. But this was not the case. It's almost like it doesn't care who you are. No. It's not so much about your weight. Yeah. No. And if you don't have a tolerance for it. Right. And I don't. I mean, that's not something i'm i mean my other friends would take a lot more and they'd be like well there's nothing here right like, well yeah but I then disagree. again they've been habitual users for well, exactly. Exactly. decades yeah. Yeah, exactly. 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 It's trained a certain way yeah and then as of january of 2017 you won't be able to buy that um in uh, medical marijuana shops we'll just the be food the, only the, the recreational the edibles yeah it says uh, yeah. uh let's see the state is accepting business license applications and the OLCC, which is our Oregon Liquor Control, is going to oversee the state's recreational marijuana business solely starting in January of 2017. And it doesn't plan, whatever that means, on approving any of the retail store applications until at least the fourth quarter of 2016. But that, that doesn't sound like that encompasses your previous statement, too, which was that you wouldn't be able to buy edibles at at dispensaries. Well, it's the the new retail marijuana stores. Because right, we we have a we have limited sales here right now, right? Mm-hmm. We have limited retail sales in Oregon. Yep. Right. So yeah, it's it's uh, uh let's see. So Jan 1, 2017 is the official right floodgate opening, if you will. Well, the I'm looking down at the oh, okay. <laughs> at the piece right now so I can state it accurately. I find some of the legalities and the dates and the timing really honestly confusing. And the question of, is it a medical or is it a recreational and where do you buy this? And what is the taxes? And it's very, because it's in flux. Yeah. And they're still trying to figure out how to put the system together. Dosage is different for recreational than it is for medical. Yes. So the, the rules are different for each one. It's you look through the charts and it's very difficult it's to very confusing to find and challenging out. yeah medical is really high potency and they've got it divvied up and then the recreational stores they can technically sell products like edibles and uh, it's talking about they uh, have li- labeling standards that can delay some of the products until 2017 that's where it's that's where it's uh, hold up but after 2017, <laughs> it, like you said, Patrick, before before we started recording, it's the Wild West out there. It is. Right, it is. We just it don't is. even know what's going to happen. We're, we're, that's the thing about being crest of the wave. Yeah, it is. I mean, on the plus side, we're bringing in apparently a whole heck of a lot of revenue over this. Yeah, how much? I mean, the Oregon, 
I, the only statistics I found were for the first two months of 2016, the first month that they were collecting taxes, it was taxed at 25%. $3.48 million of taxes came in. Mm-hmm. That is staggering. I mean, that's like $12 million in retail sales. Mm-hmm. Essentially, that's a lot of retail yeah. sales, and that had pretty much doubled by the end of the second month. So it held strong for two months in a row. That's a lot of weed people are buying. That's mm-hmm. a lot of money. Yeah, so it's, and it was and that's know, limited sales. Times. That's not yeah, even, that's limited sales. That's, that's people that had stores that had licenses, for, yeah, had licenses, and, and there are not that many of them in the state. Yeah, right. and it was just at that point they were only allowed to sell bud. I mean, yeah, like not the edibles. Yeah, I kind of wonder about some of that. Now it seems like you turn around, every block's got a, a medical yeah. marijuana right. or think, a recreational marijuana. Right, and I think yeah. they're they're setting up so that they, in that January 1st hit, they're ready to go. But I do think, you know, within six months to a year, there'll be a lot of stuff, the dust will settle. And mm-hmm. just like everything else, it's a boom or bust. I mean, it seemed like every other day a vape store was opening up. Sure, or now, yogurt stores before yeah, then. Right. And then they, yeah. sh- they closed down. Yeah, and then and they, yeah so it's... Yeah, the, we were seeing that last year at this time. It was like every other... Every other vacant storefront was being filled with another cannabis shop. And I thought for sure that a year later, we'd have already seen half of those closed. But no, mm-hmm. they're not closing yet. They can sell new stuff. I'm sure. I mean, I'm sure they will. I'm sure within the five years, oh, yeah. they're not going to find that they all stay open. But I wouldn't want to be a small business owner trying to grow a, a, a little warehouse full of pot right now. I would not want to be that Well, they, they don't grow it there. They usually just buy it, right? I mean, they just buy it. Well, they're the growing it right here in City Limits. Sure. But you're right. I mean, some places are, but aren't some other places just buying like any other store they buy from a wholesale oh, yeah. person somewhere else. Yeah, absolutely. But, but I wouldn't like want to be. Like in Medford, who you, can, I mean, you can't buy it there, but you can grow it there. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I would, exactly. I would have to believe that just the protection of your your storefront and your property the, your well, retail stuff that this, the cost of protecting it has got to be staggering. Well, one of the biggest issues that on a on a, on a business side of things, um, and we didn't really talk about this in our pre-show, but it's the banking side of it for the business and mm. the fact that it's almost still almost all a cash business. Yeah. Oh right! Yeah. So there's a lot of money that's People. involved in these places. So the the idea of theft is a lot higher. Because yeah, it's the, yes. it's a, a lot of cash. Yeah, it's got to be a so their safe cost. is what's in in trouble, right. not their crop. Not their crop. Right. Right? No one cares about the crop because why not just get the cash? Right. Right. Because yeah, where are they going to sell that to? Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. it's the people like I, I was yeah, you telling talked about Candace, the pot fairies, the pot fairies that show up downtown and they just they have bags of weed and they're just passing that's it right. out, particularly to the young people, Which you know, the young street people, because that's potential customers. Sure. Right. But um, I mean, honestly, you can get, weed has become so prevalent here, honestly, that your average Joe isn't. Why would you bother? Novelty? Why would you yeah. bother to break in or steal? When you can get a, a little, you know, ounce of weed or whatever it is, small amount for free, for, for f- dirt cheap or free, right? But for other people, they're like, "Why would I bother growing when I can? I know my neighbor's growing. Yeah, I'll just go in there as soon as it's about ready, and I'll harvest it myself. Thank you very much. Or just ask. I mean, or honestly, just ask. They, yeah, you know, so, considering how much is being grown, 
I mean, based on this, just plants. walking through the neighborhoods, you can smell it everywhere. Based yeah. on that, I would say, well, probably it'll be like people share their zucchinis. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know? giant buds, marijuana buds on your front porch. Ah, I've been smoked again. <laughs> oh, you know, you want to go down to the old sense. They are the ones with the good diesel. <laughs> That's right. Oh, man. Well, nasty. Bring it back skunks who you're after. <laughs> bring it back around to the banking thing. That's why. The DEA's decision this year in July mm-hmm. is so huge because if they take it off that list, then the banks can step in and actually – they can start doing credit card processing. They can start doing all the things that would make it a safer business for everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the crime won't be necessarily And it would make the mm-hmm. revenue actually really trackable. Really trackable. right now and their they system – Yeah, yep, right now loans and they Oregon's can, system and they is right? self-reporting completely. The or tax not. thing is all self-reporting right, right. now. People that are signed up and are reporting their sales to our government don't get audited. The oh. venues that don't report get audited. There's so some big incentives. Yeah. So I mean, right. it makes so, me think that that 3.48 million is probably a very small. small slice of the 25 percent they're all supposed to have been paid. And in talking yeah. with the bankers in some of my uh, networking groups. Mm-hmm. They want this business. Oh, I'm sure yeah. they do. They're, it's even you know, better than the but housing. The underwriters board. won't touch mm-hmm. it because it's still labeled that schedule. But they they absolutely want this business. And I think there's one or two a credit union here locally or bank locally that's actually trying to do something for that. Mm-hmm. Colorado's got the same issue and they're dealing with yeah. it too because they've, they're talking about you know, millions of dollars in cash. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? But the reason the DEA's it's on the table that's being talked about is research. Sure, I mean, Oregon has already the commission that is dealing with what to do with all this revenue has already said, we believe we should have a research center for cannabis mm-hmm. and, and more should, testing facilities. And, yeah. We should have proper testing facilities and all of that in our states. And we should use our revenue to help do that. And I'm not sure where they're at in terms of setting that up, mm. but they want something similar to what they've got down in San Diego, which is, what is that called? The cannabis research center or something like that. It's a really great but name. It's, yes. <laughs> it is. It's like medical cannabis research center or something. And it's not in Oakland. It is in San No, it's Diego. in San Diego okay. and it's, it's a well-known, well-respected research center that's mm. funded down there mm. by public funding. And that's what they want to do up here. And one of the reasons that they and, and other organizations are pushing the DEA to move it off of Schedule 1 is that it's very hard to get decent cannabis to do any research on mm-hmm. it all comes out of mississippi the u of mississippi one specific campus and from what i've read about the products that are coming out of there it's kind of hit or miss whether you're getting marijuana bud that looks anything like what is actually going to be used for real oh, okay. because you know you might get stuff that's dried out or that's 10 years old and has been kept in a freezer somewhere. Mm-hmm. You know, as herbalists, we know that this is, they're probably selling them, sending off a lot of crap. Sure. You know, you can't really do, if you're going to do research on nettle, it better be dried nettle that's bright green, mm-hmm. that makes a good green infusion, that smells of nettle, of that. Right. That you know, rich, mineral-rich smell. Yes. Yeah. And if you hand me stuff that had once been nettle but now is sort of this like yellowing brown color uh-huh. and falling apart, then what's the point of doing any research with it? Because it's not going to represent what nettle actually is. Yep. So that's part of the push from the FDA and other organizations to declassify it from the Schedule 1 mm-hmm. and put it – I'm not sure where they want to put it. I didn't get information on that. I well, didn't read that take far. It off. But, 
It'd be nice right. to take it off they, completely. That's what, yeah. that's what um, Elizabeth Warren is the, the original author of the bill, along with Cory Booker and a few other senators, mm-hmm. and they're the major people pushing the DNA to review yeah. this. Because so. yeah, there are there are dangers to it. There's no yeah. two ways about it. Definitely, you know, but. There's also a lot of help that it can do, but yeah. we don't even have clarity on that because we don't have proper research. Right. We have a lot of a lot of drugs out there that are not scheduled mm-hmm. that are being prescribed all the time and they have a lot of they have a lot of side effects. Yes. And marijuana has a lot of side effects. And yeah. yet you like our the clinic that I volunteer for, we don't do any scheduled meds at all. Right. Zero. Because we can't do lab right. samples on people. Right. You know, and I honestly can't tell you that doing blood work is going to tell you other, anything other than what their THC level is in their blood or their CBD level in, the, in their, is, is in their blood. And what are we monitoring when we're doing that other than how much they're smoking, which they can self-report because it's legal. Right. What would be the point? Yeah. 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 Um, one of the things, one of the cultural changes I've seen is that a lot more people, adults, like my age group, a little bit older, a little bit younger, mm-hmm. are openly admitting to the fact that, yes, I've smoked marijuana. Right. Ooh, and you I know. inhaled. Yes, and I even <laughs> inhaled. I'm not talking about the ones that have been doing it, you know, listening to their Bob Marley for decades. Now I'm talking right. about the ones that are, the ones that you don't think would have done don't, it. Don't follow a, a certain... Uh, one a certain in, stereotype. Exactly. Yeah. One in two Oregonians have admitted to using it. So 50% yeah. of the adult population in Oregon has used it. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of my uh, one of my clients um, has, a, has a head shop in town. Mm-hmm. And she says that the majority of her clients are all, you know, upscale people who live in suburbs – Right. It's totally, you know, that's, you know, that's who she gets. The business people. The business the people. And the yeah, they got moms stressed and, too. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, that's her business. It's not this skeevy kind of thing. It's, you know, that's yeah. who comes in to buy the pipes. Right. That's who comes in to buy all the stuff yeah. for, the, for the paraphernalia. Well, one yeah. of the other things that we're seeing is a difference in opioid deaths. Well, no, is that, I was going to ask you, because that, I, we were talking about scheduled substances. Is mm-hmm. our opioids a scheduled They substance? are. Right. They so are that, scheduled. Right. So that would be a different thing, right? Yeah, that it's would, a different thing, but people- But they're that, scheduled and prescription based. Right. They're prescription. So that, you know, we don't, up here in the North, we're in the Northwest, and there aren't as many prescriptions for opioids as there are, say, down in the South. Right. The South is like, the American South, there's a ton of prescriptions for painkillers. It's just like candy. It's all over wow. the place. Which is where you're. I wonder why. Maybe because that's oh, where a lot a whole, of seniors this is, go this is, to, this is to a, retire. This is a bigger topic Part of thing right now. Yeah, it's yeah. a it's a cultural is, thing, and someday okay. we do need to talk about that. Yeah, okay. Prince, so it's cult, but it's just, cultural, but it's also probably it's I'm guessing political age group too, because mm. it seems like a lot of people, a lot of us, as we get to the point where we've got a lot of arthritis and other challenges, we go warmer weather. It's deeper, darker than that. Yeah, Arkansas is a big... Oh, okay. It's complicated. But the the piece that we do know that we are documenting is Mm -hmm. up in the states that have legalized Colorado and Washington and Oregon, the opioid death has decreased by 25%. That's since the legalization? That, since yeah. legalization. Okay. Well, that's and that's huge. I bet you the use of it, opioids are like the... It's the, the painkillers. Morphines and uh-huh. oxy... What, Oxycodone. Yeah, yeah, that one. Mm-hmm. There's, I, there's probably a couple other names that are really popular people have known. What I would love I to, to take a look at sometime is how do you compare that with heroin-based deaths? That would be an interesting one. 
Mm-hmm. I looked for well, there information. There is a correlation. That's why I say if you guys Absolutely want to do a show on this, we should, but and yeah. we should. This isn't the show. not this time. Yeah. But I the, looked for information on like from the abuse centers. Are, are we finding that more people are checking in for treatment or needing help? They're using, and I'm not seeing. I'm not seeing any information, any st- statistics on whether check-ins for marijuana abuse have gone up or down or stayed the same. Yeah, I don't know about that. I think that's, we're going to have to wait a couple of years before we get some of that. I think so. I know that there's one person that I know of personally who's had an addiction problem and she'd been dry for, I think it was seven, eight years, something like that. Mm-hmm. And she ended up falling back last fall or something like that. She gave it a try and ended up deciding this was really a bad thing, and mm-hmm. well, know, she, we, she went back into recovery. But she was, she said, when I spoke with her about it briefly, was that the smell it really triggered things? Oh, I bet really bad. It made sure. it really, really hard to stay sober. Sober, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. and you know that's a tough I'm, one. The vaping so changes everything too, because yeah, I mean, you're not putting smoke in your lungs; you're putting resin right. directly in your lungs. Yeah. And that, is, and people are doing it more often. Mm-hmm. You know, when is vaping we, is, is vaping is is it the resin? That's what they're putting right into your lungs. Because, like, I mean, so one, like, of, the, one, yeah, of, the, no one of the tools to, to do it to vaporize it is you know using like a volcano. That's supposed to be the, one of the safest ways mm-hmm. to imbibe. But it's is, affecting you because of the resins. Hmm. If it didn't put anything in your lungs. What would be the point? Well, no, I, I'm not. What, <laughs> yeah, I'm, what I'm trying I'm not to, sure what I'm, where the research is. Yeah, I'm, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not arguing with with you how it's taken in. I, I and I'm trying to figure out, you know, how how when you vaporize the the bud, if you will, mm-hmm. it you know, okay. So when vaporizing means you know, you kind of like it almost steams it, if you will, but it, mm-hmm. it doesn't. And I understand what you're saying is that if you have that in a in a vapor and you, and you are able to condense it on another, the interior walls of your lungs, mm-hmm. it's going to collect. Yep. Right. But I'm just not, I don't, I mean, maybe you have more research. I don't know, but I, it doesn't seem like it would be this, when I see resin, I think this waxy kind of, yeah. You know, and when it's really it, collected a lot. Yeah. Know. Well, and that's the thing is that we do need to have more research yeah, about it. And, and both of those things kind of happened about the same time as yeah, the vape pens. For yeah. tobacco that are also being used for the nicotine, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, for for pot as well. And people are now they have this idea, as you've seen with tobacco, is oh well, I'm vaping, therefore it's it's safer. And right. the research for tobacco has been going on longer than the research for for marijuana. Well, in the, vaped. Ca- in the and, case of I'm sorry, so in the case of vaping, though, it's not it's not tobacco; it's it's the nicotine, and it's how much nicotine you put into the vape juice. Mm-hmm. So it's not the, yeah, you, know, you can different. get flavored ones that are tobacco. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really. But different. it's the vaping is like you know the, the ethylene glycol and some other um, inertness of fifty fifty plus the if you want you can it's control how much chemicals. nicotine you put in, but it's not tobacco per se. Right, but right. okay, so yeah. the that's but the stuff that yeah. people are finding as a as a health danger, mm-hmm. the stuff that's coming back now is. That stuff is also very dangerous. It's it's leaving resin in the lungs. It's leaving it's leaving scars on the lungs. It would have yeah, to. We, yeah, I've we always know, said that. Yeah. We know that the, the tobacco version. Yeah, we know the tobacco version is definitely really really bad for your lungs. And I'm not saying that vaporizing cannabis using the you know, you take the bud and you stick it on there and it vaporizes mm-hmm. it. Yeah, I'm not saying that that's necessarily a good thing mm-hmm. for you. I'm just saying that the 
information that I saw on it a year ago said mm-hmm. that if you're going to do it, choose to vaporize instead of smoking because the smoking version is not as good for your lungs as the vaporizing right. version. Neither way is great. If you mm-hmm. can eat it for your that medicine, would, that's the best way to go about right. it. But there are people that their condition means that it makes it very hard for them to control how much they are or aren't having because, like we said at the beginning of the show, you take that tiny little amount that's the right dose for you and you have to wait for two hours for it to kick in to know for sure that it's the right dose. Mm-hmm. But and, you're talking about the difference between medical and recreational. Well, medical or recreational, either way, it's still the same plant being delivered into your system. And for some people, the edible might not be a, the right way for them when they're mm-hmm. for their medical use. Mm-hmm. So for them, they're going to be choosing some way through their lung systems to mm-hmm. come in. And if you're making that choice, it's better to use the vaporizer or the volcano thingy than it is to use a smoke, right. like a straight up old fashioned smoking. Yeah. I Overall, remember when that came yeah. up, but I'm saying the mm-hmm. research is coming in that's questioning whether it really is safer or does it cause, does it make people want to vape more? It, there's too many questions that are unanswered yeah, right I now. Well, we made a lot of assumptions and the vape industry poured a lot of money into putting right. out all of this information, how great it was. And a lot yeah, of people swallowed right. that. And once people understand a myth and they walk with it, they do not let that go. Well, it's yeah. funny you say that too, because the, the, think of how all the myths of what marijuana could do to you. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right? Exactly. So and everyone kept believing that for decades. Yeah, you're going to stick yeah. a poodle right. in the microwave or something. Yeah, yeah. or yeah. Yeah. reefer yeah. madness. And right, all that. yeah. yeah. It's going to try to remember. Right? Yeah. So, yeah, so, I mean, even even when we're talking about, you say that myth, mm-hmm. how long does it take to dispel that the misinformation, other myth, yeah. right? You know, to, to for whatever it is. Yeah. And I think we're all in agreement that, you know, if you're taking anything into your lungs, mm-hmm. there's going to be something there. Something's going to condense. Right. Whether it's whatever. And, you know, even when we, we talk about herbal smokes that we have on our website, if you're going to smoke anything, you're bringing smoke into your lungs, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and sure, you'll be able to get some medicinal benefit from some of that, but there's going to be a side effect. Mm-hmm. And here's the thing, too, is like an occasional use. Yeah. That's not going to be as harmful as day in and day out smoking. Three to four yeah, times a day. Chronic yeah. use yeah. is different chronic than use is different than a recreational yeah. every now and then, you know, every now and then. It's like I can have a bottle of whiskey in my cabinet for months. Sure. Because yes. I just have it every now and then. Yeah. You yes. know, but there's other people that. We have other friends who are. A bottle of whiskey a, a day. A and, a day. Half, yeah. <laughs> and they call themselves recreational like, drinkers, but, you know, no. they're taking a fifth a day. Yeah, and that's, that's not so recreational in my personal opinion. Yeah. But honestly, technically, it's their recreation. You could go swimming every day, too. You know, yeah, yeah, but going swimming every day causes so much different. I mean, we're actually, I was just talking to one of our doctors at the clinic today about how people say, Oh, I'm just drinking a beer or two a day, but the beer that they're drinking is like, Oh, yeah, don't even get started. It's a malt liquor, it's a content of American, it's it's makes me so angry. Well, and it varies, it varies tremendously, which is why people can live in denial. You know, when you actually do the math, this is how much alcohol you are taking in a day. And that's, that's what our doctor is doing regularly saying, okay, you're telling me you're only drinking one or two a day, but look at how much alcohol is in this giant bottle. This is what would equal in uh, a PBR. This is, you would be drinking a six pack a day and their eyes get big like, Ooh, yeah, that's a lot. That's six why is it, a big number. That's why it makes yes. me mad. And even at that, the PBR is no longer the 3% tiny alcohol that it used to be. Now it's like six. 
Like 5.4. Like that's, that is a standard, that should be like the level of a standard beer. But when you look at the beers that are called Sanders, like the IPA, you're seeing 8%. I'm like, Uh no, that's a barley wine. What the heck? Yeah, there's been a a move to that. It's really frustrating. High Imperial IPAs that are in the the 6, 8, 8%. Mm -hmm. I had one the other night, it was 10%. Yeah, that, that was a beer? Barley wine. It was a beer. So that yeah, is a barley this is, wine. This is a wine at this point. You know? yeah, and and I have friends, well, I just have a couple. I'm like, yeah, oh, but yeah. look at the alcohol content of those it's things. Like That's two bottles, two bottles of wine. Of wine. Yeah. You know? yeah. well, you, and the same can be said for the pot nowadays. The right. cannabis, the right. levels of THC has, what, quadrupled? Yeah, yeah they've, they've, they're engineered, it. engineered that plant, you know, to produce maximum amount for, mm-hmm. for little yeah. space and look for that to continue. Oh yeah. Yeah. Right. Cause it's more profitable, right? Yeah. You so, bet. Exactly. You, you bet. Is there any other topics we need to rehash in our rehash? In our, <laughs> there's a lot of open questions we really don't have. I mean, well, we don't even know like the energy use. That was one of the things that we talked about. Oh, How gosh, is the energy yes. use changed and is that draining or bad for our society? How, you know, you were talking about that, Sue. Yeah, I have a, I, I have a article that I found on uh, CityLab.com, which is a subsist- subsidiary, mm-hmm. <laughs> Subsi- uh, subsidiary, subsidiary. Thank you for that really difficult word. Um, <laughs> this is from the Atlantic. So they, the name of the article here is. Um, Weed growers are a drag on Denver, a drag (laughs) on Denver's energy supply. And they have a really pretty impressive quote here that's a a little lengthy. Um, This is from the Texas A&M University professor, Gina S. Warren, who explained the problems nationally in a recent report published by Columbia Environmental Law Journal. Indoor marijuana cultivation is a high energy intensive Overall, energy costs account for one-third of the cost of production. With with $6 billion in energy costs annually, marijuana cultivation is one of the most energy-intensive of the major industries in the United States. It consumes six times as much energy as the pharmaceutical industry, requires eight times as much energy per square foot as the average U.S. commercial building. It is estimated that marijuana currently consumes at least 1% of all the nation's energy. And in California, reportedly, which reportedly has the largest marijuana growing industry in the United States, consumption totals 3% of California's total electricity consumption. Electri- the energy consumption is expected to grow exponentially as marijuana becomes legalized throughout the country. Well, and I think one of the re- biggest reasons for that is that we're talking about these engineered plants that could never grow on their own. Mm. And they're all be growing indro- indoors. They're all in these- hydroponic situations. They're all with high intensity lights because that's we just talked about it. Where yeah. the, the highest yield possible when the lowest small footprint. And the amount of air filtration forever. that's yeah. needed, right? They, and then they put CO two on them at certain points. I mean, it's really yeah, engineered. I mean, it's, yeah. But even if you're growing it outside, you still need to flush the soil at the end of that season. You're still yes. putting and gallons require, and gallons and gallons yeah, of water do. in in the process of a few yeah. days. They do like, but a lot we of don't water. talk yeah. about how much energy is consumed growing corn. Right. We do, but we, but and we should, com- we're but comparing right here. And now we are comparing the corn industry to the marijuana industry and it doesn't even compare. It doesn't even compare. It's not, it's but the way that it's grown. If you look at it, if you look at it in square footage, acreage of the area of the country that's covered with corn, 
mm-hmm. versus the area of the country that's covered with marijuana. It's not even close. Yeah, well, yeah, but you can't do that. You can't what, say. But what I'm trying to say is the cultivation method uh-huh. is what dictates the power consumption. If corn was grown the same way as marijuana, we, we would not be eating it. There's no way we could afford it. Agreed. It would be priced the same so way as marijuana. I, I guess my, my point is, is the reason why it's such a power consumption um, crop is because the way that we've been, we've had to, the way that it's been grown for so long because it's been so illegal, mm-hmm. small areas, high yield. And mm-hmm. the only way you get that is by massive energy pumping. Like mm-hmm. Candace said, high intensity lights, filtration systems, water pumping, everything sure. that's possible. Air pumping, yeah. yeah everything everything. That, that goes into making that, maximizing the yield in this little tiny space because you, know, you don't want anyone to know that you're growing it. We don't yeah. hide corn. No, but, yeah, and, you know, they... We and give up a large. We give a large percentage of our potential food creation in our country to feed corn, so that we can have big Ooh. giant factory farming lots. I would argue. Look forward to seeing and that ethanol. switched over to high amounts of uh, acreage dedicated to pot farming. I yeah. w- absolutely. Just, Which just honestly look for that. would actually be healthier because marijuana, when it's grown in a field in a field setting. Replenishes the soil. Healthier than what? Corn. Healthier than corn, which does not replenish the soil. Yeah, but I, corn, wheat, yeah. the yeah. people yeah. that I know that that in the seventies when people were growing just like that, the way right. you're talking about up yeah, in Humboldt, they were growing a totally different way, yeah. a totally different plant. They were. It's yeah. apples and oranges. They right. they do have fields of pot out there, but you but can't is, compare. You can't compare cannabis the way it's grown today to corn either. You, it is apples and oranges. It's a, very much the we're same. We're talking thing. about energy consumption. Right. It's yeah. still, it's still, no matter what you're comparing, yeah. you're looking it at is. foreign industry, this crop, this business, yeah. this business should be taxed. Wait, and all wait, 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 wait. I'm not even going there. I'm not even going there. This business sucks up water, it sucks mm-hmm. up energy. And we're not going back to the 70s, the way, you know, just no. a field with things that grow really tall and lovely and, and the picture of the hippie standing there with a scythe or God knows. We're not doing that anymore. That's gone. We're you know, look for GMO, that. look for GMO pot, look for big fields of giant, tightly budded, budded super energy consumption, super water consumption, just the way super pesticides, super herbicides, just what's happening in Humboldt right now with pesticides just bleeding into the sea, you know, with the, the, that's why they have rivers in Humboldt that are drying up right now. They well, don't have those rivers because they're watering fields in Humboldt. Well, that and of course they don't have rain. Yes, that people would they like don't. to drink that water and instead of being able to drink their water, water the their gardens... Is- the truth is, this is a huge discussion. It's a huge it discussion. Really and I mean, it, we do need to talk about carbon footprint of this plant. Yeah, we do yeah. need to talk about its medical effect on people, good and bad. We yeah. need to talk about the way it's infecting our economy, good and bad. The way it's going to affect zoning laws. It has a giant footprint, no matter how you look at it, possibly for good, possibly for bad, no matter. But the, the big irony, difference is the way we use it. The irony is, I think... The fact that we made it illegal for all those decades gave it like God status. <laughs> yes. It's now demanding so much sacrifice mm-hmm. and it's changing not just our culture and our religion, but 
our infrastructure. I mean, it's changing so much. It is yeah. like a little God. And it mm-hmm. was, we created that God. Mm-hmm. I mean, it wouldn't be that big a thing comparatively if we had been taxing it and doing everything legal all along. Right. But we didn't. But and we did it. we are. And now, now we have to, clean up. we're paying the price. Yep. Get another big mess to clean up. Pay part of that price with us. Yes. Well, that's what I'm hoping is that by going, I'm hoping that we'll see a year from now that in Oregon, the revenues are starting to help change a lot of those things for us. Without making the revenues uh, forgive some of the horrible crimes that it's committing. You know, that's the environmental, the environmental crimes. But yeah. Because th- those it's not committing a yeah. crime, but yeah, yes, I agree. Okay, no, that the way that we handle these plants, we have yeah. to, like we end up with every episode, we have to be smart. That's yes. up to us. There's so many open questions. I mean, that's one of the things I was hoping a year later it'd be a little easier. We'd have some. We don't have. We would be there's smarter so a year later. Instead, <laughs> there's so many questions. I mean, we don't have simple, simple, simple information like. How many actual hospitalizations were there within the first year that it was legal compared to the year previous? Mm-hmm. You know, that information isn't there yet. What about drug treatment centers? Are they seeing an uptick in people coming in with cannabis problems? Are mm-hmm. they seeing... Or family, I would see more like family therapy. Or are they seeing an uptick in people who had other addictions now coming in or who mm-hmm. have had recovered, are recovering people Coming back more. I mean, right. what are we seeing? We don't. We don't know. Is yet. there a decrease for people with epilepsy? Right. Are you seeing, you know, a decrease in their seizures, or what kind of actual effect? Are there more? Ha- what medical, about for people with yeah. cancer? Or how many people are applying IBS. for medical cards at this point, and how many people are just not and taking care of themselves, mm-hmm. and how is that helping or not helping? You yeah. know, there's so many questions left yep. open still. We have more information. On practical medical use of cannabis, on our ebook, Cannabis, an Herbalist Guide to Medical Marijuana. And you can check out our show notes on the practicalherbalist.com for this show, 51, and for some references to show 50, which is the classic cannabis show. You'll see links on topics that we covered. We do have over 400 articles on the practicalherbalist.com. Um, a huge variety of topics and recipes and just ideas on how to uh, be a, be better at, at living naturally and healthy. We ask you to look at Facebook and be our Facebook friend and check us out on Twitter and look at the Pinterest, no, the Pinterest page that we have. Instagram. And if don't you've got Instagram, good, yeah. cool Instagram or pictures and you're on Instagram, mm-hmm. you want to hashtag the practical herbalist, we'd love to see your imagery. That's right. And by the way, where can you get that um, medicinal the marijuana book, the ebook, well, cannabis, an herbalist guide to medical. Yeah, where marijuana. can you get that? Yeah, well, that's on Amazon and also on our website, thepracticalherbalist.com. We've got all of the books listed right there, and you just click on that, and it'll take you right over where you can purchase it. And we really appreciate your support. This is a, a labor of love, and it's a lot more labor than we thought it was going to be originally. And we really need the support. Yeah, financial support, of course. And if you've already read any of our Kindle books and you haven't reviewed them yet, please do go to Amazon.com and put some great comments up there because I would love to use your comments and send them out and share them with people. Yeah. And please also remember to be a supporter of ours on Podbean. Just a couple of dollars a month really makes a big difference to us. So thank you for supporting us. Now it's time for a Real Herbalism Radio sponsor break. 
the Practical Herbalist Press. That's in addition to our website and our podcast. That is right. Practical Herbalist Press is all about providing really good books and information by written by experienced herbalists. Us. Us. But others eventually as <laughs> yes, well. That's very true. And it's bite-sized information that we research the heck out of. We have medical information out there that we're really doing a lot of research on. We are we have growing gardening with herbs. We got stuff for about pets, your yes. home, your family. Ethnobotany. Ethnobotany. Mm-hmm. We also put it in terms of the traditional ways we've talked about historic. Herbs, like yeah. Historic. Mm-hmm. Whether they're warm and cooling, that right. sort of thing. Mythical and very practical stuff. The Practical Herbalist Press is dedicated to providing the best herbal-related books on the market. Look for our titles on Amazon, search for The Practical Herbalist Press, or visit our website at practicalherbalistpress.com. Now, back to the show. Herbalism 101. This is part of the show where Sue and Candace answer a listener question or teach you about an herbal definition or term covering basic to advanced herbal knowledge. If you would like the dirt on herbs, herbalism, or anything else related, you can send your question using our simple contact form at realherbalismradio.com slash herbalism101. If we choose your question for the show, we will send you a free PDF ebook, Natural Nutrition by The Practical Herbalist, currently available for $4.99 at The Practical Herbalist store. Here's Candace and Sue to discuss this show's Herbalism 101 topic. This question comes from Sue Kay. I live in Colorado. What benefits does marijuana have? It's legal medicinal and recreational here. And what are the what are the ways someone, like a child, could use it and not get high? Also, is there a best delivery system? I've never tried it, but I do think it's a great medicine for those who need it. Thanks so much. That is a very complex question. Yes. Not even looking at the complexity of questions about legalities and all of that. Mm-hmm. A lot of stuff stuff yeah. aside. Marijuana is beyond your average tonic herb. It's not like nettle. It's advanced. It's It's very advanced. advanced Yeah, it definitely knows. And most of the questions actually that um, Sue is asking there can be answered in our our folio. Yeah, Yeah, we do have an excellent folio on advanced herbalism. Exactly. Cannabis and Herbalist Guide to Medical Marijuana. It's our ebook. And we designed it because people are asking us those questions. And so many of those questions will depend on weight or what they're using tree for. Or, you know, it's not yes. it's not a pass by in the street kind of conversation. Right. Yeah, that, that's a complex conversation that should be had, hopefully, with a physician mm-hmm. or medical practitioner who's well-versed in cannabis. Correct. Especially if you're talking about with children. Yeah, and with children, we... we and let's be clear, mm-hmm. when I'm saying children, I'm talking about... Human beings under the age of approximately 25, because mm-hmm. marijuana has a strong effect on your brain's chemistry. Right. And your brain is still developing until approximately mm-hmm. age 25. Yeah. So for any conditions, I mean, there there are conditions that are used for children, like epilepsy, childhood epilepsy. Mm-hmm. Has, we've got, there's data that shows that it has been treated with cannabis successfully. Right. Strains like Charlotte's Web and things like that are specifically for that. And typically most of that is done as an oil and it's done with CBD intense Mm -hmm. without the THC component, which is the get you high component. Right. And it's rubbed on the gums. Yeah. So there are definitely some very good avenues for treatment for children, but I really, 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 really cannot emphasize really how strongly I feel about the importance of talking to 
a physician who knows about cannabis yep. when you're making those choices. Yeah. You know, cause that's, that's big medicine. Right. And you please know. do not call us and ask us. So who would you recommend? Yeah. What physician <laughs> do you recommend? A, we're in one of the 50 states and we're in one of the many cities in that state. And I, I, I work in a clinic and I volunteer in another clinic and I couldn't give you with, with that medical background, I couldn't give you a list yeah, it's, of doctors it's, that would be good for this particular question. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, I know there are organizations available online, and if you contact some of the more prominent, well-respected areas like the San Diego, San Diego, I think it's called Cannabis Medicinal Cannabis Research Center. Mm-hmm. I think that's the name. Either way, it's a prominent one in San Diego. It's funded by the government down there. Yeah, if you start contacting those kinds of places, they will. To tell help you, you out. how to find someone who can or cannot help you yeah. and where you may need to go. I yeah. know I've heard of families moving specifically to Colorado because their child has a, a condition that needs to be treated or they want to treat using mm-hmm. cannabis. Yeah. So they move the whole family there. And as more information and research comes out, you know, the list of doctors that are schooled in this particular m- medicinal treatment of of childhood diseases, that, that list is going to grow. Right. And hopefully no. we'll see a lot of change over the next couple of years. Hopefully we'll see oh, we the will. Yeah. federal government de-schedule um, it, take mm-hmm. it off the schedule, take it off one, schedule one, which uh-huh. will allow open the doors to research and which will allow a, l- a large range of physicians and nurse practitioners and other folks mm-hmm. in the medical fields to start experimenting, using, learning, you know, in ways that are legal and scientific yep. and safe. What's the last answer to our last question? What do you think the best delivery system is? So for a, an adult? That's, yeah, that yeah. one's a hard one also, to answer Also, is there a to. best delivery system, she asks. That oh, one's gosh. a hard one to answer. And I, and I, want, and I think the, the, the best answer is it's it's based on the individual. Yes. And, and the, it's in the conditions, and the conditions that you're being treated, yeah. for sure. Yeah. yeah. And, and it's, to some extent, it's based also on the specific batch of bud you have oh, yeah. was are you looking for intensity can change from bud to bud and mm-hmm. i mean i've if you've never done this before you've never had it before find somebody that you can trust that has or go to a dispensary that has and can give you good advice yeah You're right. be careful with it right well in colorado there are plenty of dispensaries right. out there there are yeah. plenty of people you know don't just trust somebody off the street says hey do you, do you smoke pot a lot well then you're my expert you know obviously yeah. i mean this clearly this person is not going to be doing right. that you know right. she's she's asking us but right yeah the the information is being updated all the time there are there are there's a lot more information out there. And as we get more information, we'll continuously update it and look for more and more shows from us and more stuff on our own website on valid, valid information on this particular herb. Yeah. So thank you. That was a really challenging question. (laughs) (laughs) The show is brought to you by practical herbalist press herbal books for today's practical herbalist. Find their books on an amazon.com today. (laughs) 